Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the Wrestling Den. You are the Wrestling Den is on. I'm your host, as always, Macho Man Ricky Savage. Sorry, that's that's inappropriate. Gotta Macho Man Ricky Savage. Yeah. And uh, my co-host, unfortunately, is not with me at the moment. Uh, Nikolai Jerkoff, as always, uh, he might make an appearance tonight. We shall see. Um, I know that it's it's one of those story angles where. I'm in a handicapped tag team match. My partner got injured. I come out alone, and then maybe he comes out after to make the save, or I just get beat up. We're going to find out. But either way, I got a lot to talk about tonight. But before I do, make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Facebook, at The Wrestling Den, and at Wrestling Den TM. That one would be for t- Twitter because we can't have the same one. Go follow my my friends who, uh, you know, do their best at producing the show, Ron and Eric. They are at, at Sports Unfolded. You can follow them on uh, Instagram. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Go listen to us on Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. If you don't want to see my ugly mug, but you would rather do because you will miss these savage glasses. I promise you that. And Miss Liz is over there, but you will miss her too. That's right. I always have the big gold with me. Uh, first off and foremost, uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Sound Alerts and Stream Elements. Uh, and restream.io, there are always the uh, the homies that hook it up, you know, the bots that come in and hold down the fort and make sure that, you know, nobody's coming in and just ragging on Macho Man Ricky Savage over here because I will go savage on their ass, and that's one for the swear drawer, by the way. Um, I want to start off, uh, first and foremost, with Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Uh, I didn't get to talk about this last week. We talked about Dark Side of the Ring with Ric Flair, and I feel like one of the things that I didn't get to address um, that I really wanted to was the Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega match that happened on, um, I believe it was AEW Dynamite uh, Grand Slam, the beginning of that. Sarah, thank you for joining us, by the way. I appreciate that. Appreciate all of you. So Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega to me was, uh, I believe, in, in Dave Meltzer's uh, <laughs> first five-star match for Brian Danielson. That's a shocker to me, but I I really like the match. I think that because it was a 30-minute uh, time limit, I thought it was the best way to end that match. Uh, Kenny Omega is the face of the company, uh, as they have been saying. And so if that's the case, just like Roman Reigns, the face of the company should look strong. But at the same time, you know, taken to his limits to show that he is not immortal and that, you know, Brian Dennison had an opportunity, and, and who knows if he would have beaten him for the title or not, and that's where they leave us in the suspense. Um, I think that's the important key element to any good championship reign is that you want your champion to give it value. You want your champion to make sure that there is um, pretty much uh, the, the belt is, what's uh, the word I'm, I'm looking for here, like the belt has meaning to it pretty much. I can't think of the word right now, but it will come to me. Yeah, but every every champion needs to be a viable champion, no matter how short or how long the reign. So Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage was like kind of like we were supposed to get Adam Adam Page versus uh, 
Kenny Omega. Unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately. It's a good thing because Adam Page had a baby girl and he, you know, took some time off to be with his family, respectfully so. So in the meantime, while he's doing that, AEW is moving forwards with with Kenny Omega in terms of uh, they will get that big match. Don't don't think they won't because AEW, if anything, that everybody's talking about is that, you know, it's all about the story, the, the stories that they've been building for the last almost three years now with Adam Page, Chris Jericho, um, pretty much all, all the guys that are, you know, have been in the company since day one. They're not going to just forget about Adam Page because he had a kid. That's not how AEW rolls. And I know Tony Khan's not going to. It is important. Story is very important. And I think that's that's a big thing that I, I think. I feel like a lot of people just want to say say one side is telling a story and the other one's not between WWE and AEW. And I feel like both are doing a good job at telling a story. Whether I like that story and then invested in it is not, that's, you know, par for the course. That's not, it's it's something that can be debatable because what I might like, you might not like. And that's, that's the case being is I might not care what's going on in WWE right now, but you might, and you might actually be enjoying what's going on. And I will say uh, case in point on the story, uh, one prime example of, of a really good story that was told recently was when Kofi Kingston uh, got squashed to Bobby Lashley when Bobby Lashley was champion. And if and if you miss those little small, like subtle details the weeks prior to that match, I'll fill you in. So basically, Kofi Kingston uh, was to fight um, Bobby Lashley. And what happened was he had his boy, Xavier Woods, fight him. And Xavier Woods rolled up Bobby Lashley and pinned him. It wasn't for the title. But it was basically uh, just to show, like, you know, that they could take on Bobby Lashley as a team. So um, they did singles matches, and Xavier Woods won with a roll-up. And then Kofi proceeded to tell Bobby Lashley that he went soft. And then that awoke the monster in Lashley, and thus as champion, come time for the match, Kofi Kingston got his ass whooped. And everybody's like, oh, Kofi Kingston just got squashed. And it's like, it was a really good story. Uh, this topic is all about, um, is is the well, the face of the company of both companies, I guess, in that sense. But more so, Kenny, uh, I'm talking more so AEW, but I'm also trying to fit WWE in as well. So I'm talking more so what happened in the last few weeks of AEW and then kind of just what's been going on, you know, for WWE-wise. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess that comes down to it, Sarah. It's, it's all about wrestling. Hold on. I got you. I got you, Sarah. Don't worry. Here, this might help fit the demographic. I got the big gold on. I got the savage glasses on, you know, just in case. I'm sorry, there was there wasn't like anything indicating that this was about wrestling. <laughs> but now, now, now we we got a clear indicator right here. We got the big gold, Rickets to the Ricks. So much like me and, and wrestling den, which I've been doing for now 16 episodes, um, here and there. Oh, I guess I did 15, but I wasn't there for 16. Either way, I've been a reigning defending champion, and that's what it's all about. Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns. Macho Man, Ricky Savage, yeah. We are all retaining champions. We're all defending champions. We're all the face of the company. <laughs> so just keep that in mind that when Kenny Omega faced off with Christian Cage, I said this since since I heard about it, that Christian Cage wasn't going to win, especially if he was going to win the Impact title. He was just there to put on a great match with Kenny Omega. And I even had the same conversation today with my barber. As you can see, I got a nice fresh cut. So keep that in mind. Macho Man Ricky Savage is looking really good right now, really fine. Went to my barber. We had a whole conversation about AEW, and now it's falling right into my, my show. So all I know is that 
what they're doing with Kenny Omega is they're basically with this whole uh, elite and, and then you have the super click going on with uh, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks is that by December, I am thinking that Kenny Omega is going to turn on the Young Bucks because in December, Kevin Owens' contract expires. And with that, him him and Adam Cole have signed extension contracts and Adam Cole thought that um, Kevin Owens was the same long, uh, amount of term or time, I should say, for that term of that contract. But turns out it's not. So Kevin Owens has to wait till December. And then there's a good possibility that he'll be all in. And he made a tweet about four or five weeks ago. And maybe I'd say about four. Um, about the coordinates. He put the lateral and longitude coordinates of Mount Rushmore. And what that was was an inside joke. Because him, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole used to be the stable called Mount Rushmore. Uh, so I think what's going to happen is Kenny Omega, like he did before, turn on the Young Bucks. I think he's going to turn on the Young Bucks because as he loses each title, the man's going to go insane. Like As he loses each title, you can see how much more insane and much more he gets into it where it's going to get into his head. And he can't trust nobody. That's what my barber said. Quote, unquote, word for word. And Sean, this is for you. I know you're not watching right now, but if you were, just know that was a great conversation and you had a great point. So I'm glad I got to share it on my show. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, what is it? Pretty much Kenny Omega. You don't know. And the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Let me fill you in. I can probably find something. Adam Cole, Young Books. I'm going to pull something up, Ron, just so you know. Kenny Omega. And get a picture of these guys. Oh, this, this is a beautiful picture. Okay, we're going to use this one. I'm about to share my screen with you. Particularly this, this awesome picture. All right, so right here, you have the Young Bucks, uh, Nick and Matt Johnson. That's Nick, Matt, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega's face in the background, Don Cassius smirking because he's loving this, and Luke Gallows. They're pretty much a faction in AEW. And uh, <laughs> all right, all you need to know about these, these guys, <coughs> the Adam Cole used to be in NXT. Um, and then he jumped ship after his contract expired to AEW, which is a different promotion. So Adam Cole was from WWE, NXT, and, and he's over in AEW, and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they all came from, like, the indie scene and, like, Japan and stuff, and, and then they created the show called AEW. Uh, basically, all these guys that were friends came together uh, with this really rich guy named Tony Khan, and they formed what some people call WCW 2.0. Oh, what the the addition of the the picture to to show who I'm talking about, what they look like. I think I think that's a great addition too, if that's what we're talking about. I and honestly, for for somebody uh, that comes in here who isn't like up to date or doesn't really watch wrestling too much, like Sarah, I appreciate the fact that you can you can be here for this conversation, hear it, not know what's going on, but still appreciate that <laughs> what's being said, like. That that takes a lot. So thank you for for bearing with us on there. I will help guide you through my my topic of the night, I should say, and uh, we'll, I think we'll be all right. 
the train's leaving the station. We'll be all right. We'll be good. We got this. So Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Um, I don't know if you know Dan O'Brien. Let's see. I'll pull up. Kenny Omega is the guy that was in the background. Uh, is this it right here? Yeah, this is it. Okay. I'm going to pull up another one, Ron, just so you know. I kind of like the story time with this uh, screen. Dan O'Brien. So this is Dan O'Brien. He, he's Brian Danielson right now. That's his original name that he wrestled to, but Dan O'Brien was in the WWE for a while. He faced off with John Cena versus John Cena. SummerSlam 2013. He's this guy right here. <laughs> and that's Triple H. <laughs> this feature is amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm just going to leave that up there for a minute. So anyways, the guy kicking the, that other guy in the head is uh, pretty much... He, he did a match with this guy who is was currently, um, yeah, both Impact and, and the TNA champion in AEW, but then he was he was the AAA champion, and he lost this belt to Christian Cage, who used to be in WWE, known as Edge and Christian. He's for the peeps. So John Cena, at that time, 2013, that was after he wrestled CM Punk. Um, and uh, he, he faced off with uh, Daniel Bryan, SummerSlam 2013. I forgot what the stipulation was. I'm sure it had something to do with the WWE title at that point in time. Because uh, Daniel Bryan was on a successful run after CM Punk had left the company to become uh, the WWE champion. And John Cena, like John Cena, your boy, um, is always winning belts, so he was also on track to go for the, the title. I'm pretty sure that's what that culminated to, was pretty much CM Punk versus John Cena 2.0, but with Daniel Bryan. By the way, they were not sponsoring me, but I definitely suggest if you haven't tried it yet, Soda Shop Cream Soda, right there. <laughs> Hey, listen, I have no hate against John Cena because, listen, I didn't like him back in, like, two, pretty much the ruthless aggression era when he started becoming champion. I didn't care for him as a fan. Everybody hated him. That was, like, like me. We all just booed him. But when I was, like, 11, I got a shirt of his, the Chain Gang shirt, and uh, that was pretty cool. Actually, that was – I was I wasn't 11 then. I was 18. It was 2008 Raw. That was the last Raw that Chris Jericho wrestled before he got um, Loser Leaves Town match. And I got to see Chris Jericho versus John Cena. And Chris Jericho smashed a, a camera right into his face. But John Cena was sick when he was in the chain game. I liked him as a heel. And then when he was like face Cena all the way through, I didn't care for him. However, like my, my friend Nick would say right now, is that how can you go away if you never leave? And, and that stays true to John Cena. The longer that he like appears on my television, the more I'm prone to like him because he's there. And that's the thing. When he stepped out to go do movies and he left, 
I was like, wait a second. You're talking about the guy that was re- like reigning, defending. He was the Roman Reigns. Like he was the top dog. And now he's gone. Like that makes no sense to me that like now, now John Cena is becoming like the legend status, like Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. And like basically anybody that was retired that is gone. That's a legend. You know, he's at that status where you have to recognize his worth. And that's the thing. He brought a lot to WWE. So I will never, I will never disrespect that man again. But I will say this. I I like the fact when he comes out and he wrestles, because I tell you what, at SummerSlam, uh, the pop that he got for me, that was and and money in the bank. Uh Big Show is actually in AEW. He's he's in AEW right now. Uh the last thing that he did that was uh I could say I oh, he goes by Paul Paul right now, his name. Um Paul White AEW. There we go. I'm pulling it up. Oh yeah, this little guy. I want to show you this. So this little guy. Dude, this feature is so cool. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie. Uh no, that's the stream. We're gonna do that. All right, where's this little guy at? QT Marshall. So I don't know who this guy is either. So your guess is as good as mine. Um he he's a cocky looking dude. He's pretty much like the Joe Rogan of wrestling, I guess, if you will. Or maybe even uh Dana White. Just some guy who 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 talks trash a lot and like he does the diamond cutter for some reason. That's DDP's move. And he beat up on this big man. This big man got attacked like th- like three times in the chair with this dude. And that's the last thing I saw was, uh, was it All Out? It was the main event of All Out. And I thought CM Punk uh, versus Darby Allen was the main event. But apparently it was this this dude versus versus the Big Show. And Big Show got hit with a chair and fell down and was like laying there. I'm like, dude, this guy is like massive. And he's taking like a chair shot like he's dying. Like, I remember when he was actually a character that was, like, not just a joke giant character. Like, that's the thing. Kevin Nash was never treated like a joke. Like, he would do stupid shit. But at the same time, at the end of the day, Kevin Nash was on top. And if you don't know who Big Sexy is, I'm going to show you who Big Sexy is. Because Kevin Nash, he is the man. Look at this guy, huh? That's Big Sexy right there. Let me go Let me go back to his WCW days because then the, the name makes more sense. Kevin Nash, WCW. Here we go. Big, big sexy, this doll dude. This guy dropped Big Show on his head. And that's why, like, Kevin Nash always will be, like, one of my favorites. I used to watch this dude all the time when I was a kid. And it's just like, he was never a joke. This man was on top of the company the whole time until its end, you know? <laughs> Ron, it's not me either, bud. <laughs> Okay, we're derailing for the conversation, but to get to the point, um, I'll jump back at it. So Kevin Nash, champion right here, right? Everybody wants a viable champion. Kenny Omega, to me, is that guy uh, right now at this very moment in time. He is the face of the company. So the best thing they did was have a 30-minute time limit match against him. And and another great match that was uh, opposite to that on Rampage uh, Grand Slam. Was it no? It was a grand slam. This one was actually uh, was this last night or then or was this uh, this might have been last rampage. I think it. I think it was the last rampage. CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, because last night CM Punk was on the commentary for Brody Lee's uh, memorial, pretty much. But CM Punk 
second match that he has. This is the first televised match he's had in in seven years, which, which means like like being on a national channel like um, TNT. Uh, by the way, AEW uh, is having Dynamite, I think, go to TBS, and then have Rampage on TNT. I don't know if that really makes a difference or anything because TBS is still Turner Broadcasting System, so I don't think it really makes too much of a difference. I mean, that's pretty much what Thunder and and uh, Nitro were about. So, uh, some people were apparently like, "Oh, what the hell!" But I mean, they they did it back in the day, so it doesn't surprise me that they would do that again to kind of bring more viewership onto both. I think that's the thing. Uh, TNT and TBS being two things, you know, you got. People watching just TNT, people that watch both, and you have people that just watch TBS. So it's like for the people that aren't watching TNT, now you have a broader audience. So it's it's a good move. It's a good move. And what better way to uh, showcase you know talent like Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and Paul White and QT Marshall <laughs> than to do it on two different <laughs> broadcasting systems? Um, I there's not much I can say about CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs other than. Uh, watching Darby Allen versus CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk came back and faced this this dude uh, named Darby Allen, who's basically a skateboarding little guy. He's one of the uh, what's that? Dar- Darby Allen. He's one of the, like the the four pillars of AEW. He's been there since day one of this company's inception, and uh, I'm gonna throw him up on the screen right here. You can see him. Uh, he's hanging out with, uh, the, the legend, the icon himself, Sting. And they're kind of just being buddy, buddy and just doing stuff. But yeah, this, this little dude faced off with this dude and this dude won. And this dude just hangs out with Sting in the rafters all the time like that and just broods. He's angsty. He's an angsty boy, you know? Hey, Sting is old, but that dude, he'd still be able to scoop slam your ass, bro. Like, <laughs> like no joke. He He's going to be fighting Tully Blanchard, dude. Think about Sting versus Tully Blanchard in 2021. Who the hell would ever even say that? Man, I can't wait to say see Sting whoop Tully Blanchard's ass. <laughs> 2021. Oh. Uh. Here, let's 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 put that in perspective. So, if you don't know about Sting, you don't know Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard was was part of the Four Horsemen. Sting was was a, a icon in WCW. This old man wants to fight this old man in 2021. Like, are you kidding me? These two old guys wrestling. Uh, that's a good question. I know he's been like what 80s. Definitely uh, late 80s, early 90s. I'm going to say Sting debut. This this is such a, a, a nice talent. November 25th, 1985. I wasn't even born yet. It was five years before I was born. Yeah. And, and, and you think about how, how Sting has evolved in that time. Uh, let's go Sting... Um, 1985. Ooh, wrong sting. But still. That's Ultimate Warrior, you silly. All right. So Sting evolved from this to this. 
And don't ask me how. Um, an act of God decided that he was going to follow the crow. And uh, that that person was Conan. So this guy, I love this story time, dude. This is awesome. Conan Wrestler. WCW. So this guy here told that guy there about um, The Crow, the movie The Crow. Which is this guy here, Eric Draven, right? Dude, this is so awesome. Oh, my God. I love the story time stuff. All right. Anyways, this guy here, that's what he was modeling after. So he went from surfer gimmick with the bleach blonde spiky hair and the face paint that he'd still keep the face paint. But then instead of it being like a half mask type deal, he would do like the full face paint and go this way. And then he basically just kind of hung around for like two years and didn't wrestle. And would just like come out once in a while with a bat and like piss off Scott Steiner and, and Rick Steiner. And then like you'd get them all mad. And then like he would hold his arms up and put them out. Yo, what up, Eric? How you doing, dog? I'm 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 doing story time right now. And it's working out pretty well, actually, with the pictures. So, anyways, Sting became this dude, is what I'm getting at. He came, he became Brandon Lee. He's dead. All right. We're moving on. So. Let me, I can get out of this part. Hey, Kaylee Queen 19, thank you for joining us. So, I just got talking about Sting, AEW, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. I talked about CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That's what I'm talking about now. Just basically been talking about, if you're just joining us, please go follow us. Um, I've been talking about as far as, uh, AEW's uh, face of the company, Kenny Omega, and how how he should be portrayed as as the face of the company, and how that's what what they would do right now works. And there's a potential breakup that could happen in December. Thanks to my barber for telling me that. Um, but it, it could work out to where the Young Bucks and Adam Cole separate from Kenny Omega, and this is where we start to see the decline of Kenny Omega, which would mean Adam Page would come back around then to be able to face off with Kenny Omega and hopefully dethrone him because Adam Page is somebody that's been there for almost three years since the very first match that he did in AEW against Chris Jericho for the, for the AEW title. This man has been chasing that dream and it's shown the decline of Adam Page where he went into the drinking thing. Um, and he did this really funny skit where he was running around um, a football field with a horse. Then he'd end up at a bar and he'd start drinking and it was funny but little did we know that that was part of the story that AEW was telling was that Adam Page basically losing to Chris Jericho and not and not capturing the gold. It led to a decline in his character where he would start drinking more and just start like pretty much pitying himself and, and not seeing his full potential be used. And then he's got like this dark order that Brody Lee created who, God rest his soul, Brody Lee. Uh, they just did a memorial for him last night uh, and had his son out there and his wife out there and like everything was kind of about bringing the Dark Order back together. So Brody Lee forms this faction, Dark Order, and, and is basically the ringleader of it. And then he ended up dying, unfortunately, due to, uh, I think it was heart complications, I want to say. Um, I'm not too sure about how he died. I just know that when he passed away, it kind of left uh, pretty much this, this thing lingering in the air. And it actually went as far as to Big E, who won the WWE title, and is the, the face of their company as, as WWE champion. Uh, Brody Lee pretty much had a conversation with him, you know, to pretty much become the WWE champion. Like this was like, I don't know if it was like a couple of years ago or if it was a year ago, but they had that conversation. So that's been a big thing that people were talking about when, um, when Biggie basically 
<laughs> demolished Bobby Lashley. He took his belt. So, um, man, I, there's a lot that I watched in like so little time. I ended up watching so much AEW last night because I've been watching uh, Wild Crime and and like pretty much other stuff on Hulu, like King of the Hill. So it's like, oh, I got to sit down and I got to finish Dynamite uh, Grand Slam because I was watching that and I ended up stopping like six times and I ended up watching Rampage uh, Grand Slam like twice because I forgot I watched it the first time. And then as soon as I saw that, I watched it and recognized what was going on. I skipped ahead until I was like, oh, I already seen this show. So I watched a lot, so little time. And there was a lot that happened. Last night was pretty much like tag team warfare. Um, the Both Rampage and Dynamite Grand Slam were pretty much to showcase Brian Nelson versus Kenny Omega and CM Punk. Um, pretty much uh, hyping up to face uh, Hobbs from the team of Team Taz. Big Boss Man is dead. So no, he's not. He's not. He's still not around. He's he's been gone. Um, yeah. Jeez, Eric, you don't keep up to date with uh with the events, do you? I'm gonna have to fill you in. I'm gonna have to fill you in, bud. We'll put a we'll put a pin in that. Uh CM Punk versus Power. Powerhouse Hobbs was to me a better match than the Darby Allen match. That's that's where I was going with this. Um, his match with Darby Allen was good. It was more so like um, pretty much an ode to one two three kid versus uh, Bret Hart. So I mean, I didn't get to watch much in that match that I got to thoroughly enjoy. Whereas with Powerhouse Hobbs, um, he wasn't looking like the underdog. Man, this conversation with my barber is is. Top notch. Dirty Die. What's up, dude? Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you coming in. Turd Mistress. How did I miss you? How did I miss you? I, I'm i sorry. I got the dark sunglasses on. Here, this will be a little bit better. I got the dark sunglasses on. I'm trying to look at the screen. I'm missing everybody's names here. I got the sunglasses off. We're putting them down. All right. We, we put them down. I can see everybody now. I can see everybody in the in the, in the chat. We're good. We're golden. So, uh, CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. He looked more like the underdog. I got to see more of his moveset that I was used to seeing seven years ago. Um, so, I actually looked enjoy. I enjoyed that they didn't make him just kind of like get squashed pretty much and then do like his like five moves of doom. They pretty much like had him go toe-to-toe with Hobbs. Hobbs would get the advantage because, you know, he's the powerhouse. So, he would like hit him hard and then he would like reverse something, encounter something, and then he would, like, you know, taunt and stuff and show off the muscles, the muscles. And uh, CM Punk would pretty much just, you know, sell it, and then he'd, like, show that he was, like, in agony and pain, and Hobbs was all over it, and then he just had this comeback where it was, like, he did all his moves. I got excited. He went for, like, the the, the GTS and got reversed the first time, and, like, that was expected because he wasn't just going to hit it on him right away. I didn't expect how it ended, one of the things I liked the most out of that match was that uh, part of his thing with Team Taz was that he, he uh, when Taz awkwardly called him out and he said, send hook, it's been a meme ever since. There's this like smaller looking dude. Oh, hook and Hobbs, AEW. Again, we might as well take advantage of the story time. Turn it on my screen. Uh, turn it on my screen, hook and Hobbs. So this is Team Taz. 
Uh, that's this is Hobbs right here, and that's Hook. This little white dude is Hook, and yeah, they had this right here. It was Rampage Grand Slam, and he did. And CM Punk did this thing where he he looked over at Hook and he walked by and he went and did that to him, and uh, he got slapped for that one after what afterwards. And that was part of the thing was the dynamic was like Hook was trying to like get the advantage to Hobbs, but CM Punk ended up. Um, ultimately getting the last laugh when he moved out of the way from a move and, and powerhouse Hobbs ended up hitting hook off the apron and CM Punk picked him up for the GTS. And that was it. Night, night, go to sleep. Hey, Jordy from the basin. We're getting risky with the Ricky baby. Yes, we are. Welcome to story time. I'm talking about grand slam because it was a grand slam of an event. I, I thoroughly enjoy that match. Uh, CM Punk got a bigger pop for me and everybody else in the crowd because he wasn't wearing long tights. He was wearing trunks. And yes, if I'm watching wrestling, I'd like to see my men in short shorts. Let's see. CM Punk AW debut. All right. Where's his wrestling tights? Maybe I put tights. I just want to show you the, the comparison of why it, me it meant a lot. There's CM Punk in tights. Now, if you've never seen this man before, maybe it's not as weird to you. But I'll tell you what, as far as like CM Punk and what he used to wear, it definitely not. Um, it, it looks so weird. This is what we're used to seeing with him. It's his trunks. Is it that right here? Yeah, he wore he went back to his trunks, and it's like the whole crowd popped just for that. Just for that thing alone. When he came out in the entrance and everybody saw him in the trunks, that was it. We were all like, this is gonna be a good match. <laughs> And it was. It was. It was a very good match. Anyways, let me turn that back off. Okay. Uh one of the one of my favorite segments from um I think it was last night. Was it MGF last night? Or was he talking? See, that's the thing. I watched like three different shows in one night. And we're talking AEW Dynamite, um, Grand Slam, we're talking Rampage Grand Slam, and then I watched um, Dynamite last night. Unique OG07. Thank you for following Valkyrie Gaming. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Everybody, thank you for being here. I appreciate you, as always. Uh, we're just talking wrestling. We're just hanging out. I'm just kind of catching everybody up on what I've been watching. There's a lot. So, I mean, take that in with a grain of salt. I am a savage. Oh, yeah, I'm a macho man. Savage, yeah. You can get your own too, but they look better on me. You know what I mean? I can even wear the teeth too. That's the best part. I'm versatile, baby. Every week we're something different. Right now, I'm a Dunder Mifflin employee, and I'm just breaking it down. Degeneration X, baby. Ray Mysterio. And the great Lee. Oh, that was a long time ago. Great Collie. <laughs> oh my God. Hell yeah. I think I remember that. Let's see. I'm pulling it up. All right. Time to pull this, this bad boy up. I think, I think this would look a little familiar to you then. Hmm. Look at that size advantage. Oh yeah. That's, that's the screenshot. I remember squeezed his head like a pimple dude and popped him. Oh man, that's 
Oh yeah, that's the one. Grabbed him like a pumpkin, dude, and just squeezed for dear life. Look at it. Look at this. Look at this. He's not even the size of his nipples right here. His nipples are right above his head. This dude. I, I love these David versus Goliath things because this is really what it's all about. It doesn't matter about the squeezing them like a pumpkin. It all comes down to they get this picture, dude. Look, they got look at that. Look at that. Look at that picture, dude. That's that's the money shot right there. You got three big dudes in there, and they're all looking down at, at Ray Mysterio. That's that's the money shot. I'm pretty sure these guys are photoshopped in. If you can tell all three of them in. Uh, Great Collie looks photoshopped in. Big Show looks photoshopped in. Mark Henry looks photoshopped in. I don't know. This could have been a real thing. I don't think so. Yeah, no, this, this is photoshopped. But either way, this is great. That would be like the legit size right there. Mysterio was such a... And that's the thing. As he got older, he got bulkier. So it's like he's still short, but he's like bulky now, like 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 a bulldog. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave up. I'm gonna leave this up. Hold on. Where is it? While while I'm having this conversation, I just I gotta have it on, on my on my thing. Here we go. All right, we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for Ray Mysterio, so this was a great moment for me. I like this. Uh, MJF, if you don't know who he is, that's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He is one of the pillars of AEW, this guy right here. Reminds me of a young Alex Shelley, if you don't know who Alex Shelley is. Them caps. One of my favorite wrestlers in the world, if not my favorite wrestler of modern times, is Alex Shelley. This man was one half of Murder City Machine Guns in TNA. Dude is a sex magnet. Uh, one of the best wrestlers to ever grace the world was trained by Scott Demore. Um, he trained a lot of guys himself, like jo uh, Johnny Gargano, um, which is this dude. Basically, he had a bunch of dudes that basically kind of looked like a version of him at some point in time. There's Johnny Gargano, who has influenced a lot from Alex Shelley. Uh, I believe another one would be uh, Matt Seidel, which some people know. He was Evan Bourne in WWE. Um, he has some influence from Alex Shelley. Scott Demore is one of the people that I cannot believe. This guy from Team Canada has trained the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. This guy from Team Canada, Scott Demore. But uh, back to my point with Maxwell Jacob Friedman, this guy is pretty much a cocky heel, just a dick in general, and absolutely one of my favorite talkers on the microphone today because he is just a douchebag, and that's he plays that role, role so well. Um, he has said some shit. He said some shit to Darby Allen last night about he looked like a school shooter, and this guy uh, got away with saying that um, he called out Brian Pillman Jr.'s, Jr.'s mom. He called her Methany instead of Melanie. Dude, this guy has gotten away with say, like pretty much anything that he wants to say because he's getting a fan reaction, and the fan reaction he wants is people to boo him. Chris David is your great uncle. He's, he's my great aunt then. Well, I guess if he's your great uncle, that means he's my great brother. That doesn't make sense. The only WWE ones I know is The Rock, Mysterio, Great Khali, Hulk Hogan, and Batista. What about Ric Flair? <laughs> you don't want to know Ric Flair. If you, if, if you don't know Ric Flair, you don't want to know him right now. That man is in trouble. 
Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman talked about how there's four pillars in AEW, and I agree with him. Uh, that would be Orange Cassidy, who is the man. If you don't know who that is, this is Orange Cassidy. Coolest dude in the world. Dude, hands and pockets is a 1980s maneuver that, that two people I know pulled off very well. Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf and in Back to the Future. And the other guy is Rowdy Roddy Piper. If if you don't know the 80s, then you don't know Roddy and you don't know uh, Mr. Michael Fox because those guys, hands in the pockets, meant serious business. Serious business. This guy is like my favorite wrestler in, in AEW as far as like if I want to talk about talent, that's like when I watched TNA and I saw Jeff Hardy was in TNA for the first time and I was like, what's he, what's he doing here? And I saw Jeff Jarrett and I saw Jeff Hardy. I was like, wait a second, what's going on here with Jeff Hardy? And then I was introduced to guys like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. When I started seeing all these guys, it's the same feeling here. AEW's homegrown guys, uh, they're pillars, if you will. Uh, this is one of them, Orange Cassidy. He's the man. Yeah, he would be a Facebook meme. Look at that. Nice little thumbs up right there. What a cutie. That's Orange Cassidy. He just does whatever he wants. Just does whatever he wants. The other one was Darby Allen, who we talked about earlier. Which MJF called this guy a, a, a school shooter after school special, pretty much. And I was like, wow, dude. Like, he said some shit about his dad, too. Like, I guess his... Uh, Oh, did his oh he got in a car accident with his uncle and his uncle died and and MJF ripped right in his face about his uncle and I was and he wanted a reaction and I was just like wow dude this is like the lowest lowest I've ever seen anybody go in a promo do not wrestle with bears if you are Timothy Treadwell watch out dude there's a bear around and he's gonna eat you alive he does kind of look like Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> In case you don't know who Timothy Treadwell is. I'm not going to play the audio. <laughs> I bet George is laughing real hard right now. Yeah, I was ripping on this guy like earlier too. Oh my God. Anyways, Timothy Treadwell is not a four pillars of AEW, but Darby Allen is. And MJF is arguably one of the pillars. Uh, they say Sammy Guevara is too. Um, that would be this dude. I personally do not care for Sammy Guevara at all. I don't think he's one of the four pillars. I feel like he's a staple name and a household name where you recognize him from there. By the way, this is uh, Brody Lee's son who was on the show last night. But I don't think this guy, I mean, he's TNT champion. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm going to do the four pillars, it would be Jungle Boy over Sammy Guevara, which Jungle Boy is the son of Luke Perry, who passed away, unfortunately. Dude, he's incredible. I watched, like, all his matches are just... he He's... It blows my mind that his dad was, a, like, a famous actor, and this kid is doing wrestling, and he's the son of him. Instead of doing acting, this kid's decided he's just going to be a wrestler. And I'm like, you know what? He's kind of small, but I'm into it. I like the look. He kind of reminds me of Hyde with long hair from that 70s show. Bears are the kindest loving creatures. Dead. Yeah, dude. Timothy Treadwell with the Bears, man. We were talking about it. <laughs> Me and George were talking about it the other day, like how this guy was like, oh, yeah, go out there and uh, 
these are my woods. I'm a, I'm a samurai out here, you know, and these bears are like my friends. I'm more bear than person. And he got eaten. <laughs> Anyways, this is pillar number three, Jungle Boy. And I think pill, pill, uh, pillar number four would have to be Adam Page. Pretty much like a, a, a cowboy right here, this guy. This guy is, is the fourth pillar. These guys are going to be the future. Uh, Kenny Omega is one of those pillars as well. I think there's more than four pillars, but all in all, these guys are going to be the future of AEW. They're going to be what's on our screen 10 years from now. Uh, guys like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, they're not going to, Matt Hardy even, they're not going to last forever in terms of they're going to want to take more of a backseat role eventually where they're not wrestling and they're more doing commentary and things like that. So when those guys end up doing that, um, it's going to even it's going to open up that avenue that they had before, but to a greater extent to where these guys right now are wrestling them to basically make those great matches happen that we would enjoy would love to see. Like I would love to see CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. I'd love to see CM Punk versus Adam Page. I'd love to see Brian Danielson versus Adam Page. You know, the possibilities are endless. So while we have these guys and why they want to wrestle, why not wrestle the younger talent now? And have these matches, these great matches, and then put them on that that level to be ready to be that next pillar. And then we're watching these guys from then on. You know, this is a, a great time to be a wrestling fan if you're into AEW or even remotely interested in AEW. Uh, acting wise, I think that's where WWE would be the the avenue because I feel like. Like, you have actors, but I feel like WWE is now, like, kind of, like, that small stage for acting. Like, you get to be a WWE superstar, they teach you how, like, to to read lines. They teach you how to, like, be in the hard cam and get the camera always on your good side and everything. Like, if you think about it, it's it's weird, but, like, you're pretty much acting in a different environment where you're also doing physical activity. But in a way, it's still a form of acting. So, like, to me, like, getting into the WWE side of things where they're going to train you to be like that, where you could get into movies like The Rock and John Cena and like Roddy Piper and Hogan. But see, Hulk Hogan doing movies was even before like WWF, like when he was doing like the 80s, before his WWF days. So it's like him and, and movies, you can't really count because he was kind of doing those independent of, of the company. But, you know, more so The Rock and John Cena is really where it's set around WWE for that. Oh, yeah, David Tisa, I'm sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy too. I mean, yeah, you you got you got them all in there. There's 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 been plenty. Andre the Giant with the Princess Bride. Like, there's been plenty of, of wrestlers and move and movies. Uh, Big Show's failed movie. Uh, was it Chaperone Two? He was in. I know the Chaperone was with Triple H. I think Chaperone Two was Big Show, and then he was in another another one. Best line in Guardians of the Galaxy is mostly ah stab 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 stab. Think Boogeyman will make it AW Dude. <coughs> I think Boogeyman. I there's a guy that had the, the Boogeyman face paint in, in the movie year one. And I don't I don't think it was him. I think it was uh Don Cheadle that was wearing the face paint. I'm not sure if it was Don Cheadle exactly, but it looked like Don Cheadle. And and he was wearing the face paint. I thought it was Boogeyman. I thought he made an appearance in that movie. Cause uh Boogeyman was like this dude that oh, God. I can't believe you brought up Boogeyman. I know that you're trolling me right now, Jordan, and I love it. Oh, 
Not what I was looking for. Sorry. All right. Just as bad. Just as nightmarish. This was Boogeyman. So Boogeyman was like a 46-year-old guy who like tried out for like, was it Tough Enough? I think he tried out for like Tough Enough or something, and, and, he, and he lied about his age, and they thought that he was really much younger than he was. But he was 46 at the time when he got in to WWE. Like they, they got this guy in there, and they didn't realize he was like 46 years old. And and my most famous thing I remember Boogeyman for it was actually more recently. Uh, he was like on a like uh, YouTube live uh, eating potato chips and just sitting there dressed up like Boogeyman. And oh my god, if I could find this, it would make my it would make my world. Boogeyman he eats potato chips. Dude, it was the most random thing. Anyone's boogeyman talking snack? Uh, actually, hold on. No, he was just like I'm probably not going to be able to find it, but I all I know is that he sat down. There was red lighting behind him, just like how I have my green screen. There was a red lighting behind him. It was supposed to look ominous, but the dude's just sitting there, just wearing his face paint. Just he he realized about five minutes in, just like my podcast, he was like, "What do I do now?" And he's sitting there and he's tapping his fingers and he's like, uh, "Somebody brings some potato chips." He's like, "Ooh, potato chips!" And then he just like eats a potato chip in this this attire and this gimmick. Like, what is he doing? And he's just eating a potato chip on on YouTube Live, and that was it. And I was I was like, "The hell is this?" <laughs> I'm like, me and my buddy Joey, we were watching it. Uh, and, and we had the same reaction. It was just, it was just hysterical because why exactly why I hope this guy would come into a, I don't care where he goes. I just know that every time I see boogeyman, wherever he pops up, I don't know. And I still, to this day, not sure what his gimmick is about. And I don't care. It's just, that's the mystery of it. Like this guy somehow snuck his way into WWE and I respect him for the drip, you know? <laughs> I don't care about him eating worms though and eating that that mole off of Jillian Hall's face or whatever. Did he he didn't wrestle. He didn't wrestle Bray Wyatt, did he? Uh I think that might be photoshopped in. I can't tell. Oh, we're about to find out on Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure that's photoshopped. Either way, I'm going to stop my screen. Back to the good stuff. Worry. So I talked about the four four pillars of of, of AEW, and one of those four uh, pillars, quote unquote, is Sammy Guevara, who I showed you. Uh, he just beat Miro, who used to be Rusev from WWE. Uh, Miro was a reigning defending champion himself. Honestly, probably one of the best runs I've seen in a title run is Miro's run uh, with the TNT title. And what happened was uh, this new guy, uh, Fugo Del Sol. Uh, I think that's Fugo Del Sol. Fugo Del Sol, yeah. And I'm just going to keep this up for story time because why not? Ron, I'm, run, I'm running the numbers, bro. I'm, I'm putting it up there. Okay. This guy right here uh, is, is a new guy in, in AEW. Uh, he wrestled as this guy on Raw. <laughs> Uh, 
he faced off with Eric Rowan, and, and Eric Rowan demolished him. And that guy is this guy right here. Surprise, surprise. He had a match with Miro, and he put his car on the line against him like two weeks ago, um, which is Rusev, the champion. He, fa- he faced off with this guy. This guy took his car and said, give me them keys, bitch. That's exactly what he did, and he beat him. Uh, the following week, uh, Sammy Guevara comes out and and <laughs> like pretty much like attacks Miro, and then like he because uh, Hugo de Sol, I think he got a rematch. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I totally forgot. This is this is the match that went down, and I remember like Sammy Guevara came out to make the save. Oh, that's what it was. He had him in the camel clutch with the keys, and he put the keys in his mouth. And then Sammy Guevara came out and made the save, grabbed the title, and Miro got out and ran and ducked and held the title up. And he was like, this is my title. And uh, pretty much put it down. Miro comes back and grabs the title and then walks off, and then that was it. Uh, Sammy Guevara faces off with Miro and beats him. And I mean, he beats him. Like, it, I would say it was a solid match itself. It wasn't just like uh, like what WWE does to Rusev and just makes him lose. Uh, it was a good match. But a lot of the opinions right now from the public are that Sammy Guevara shouldn't have won, that Miro should have retained the title. And I kind of want to say I agree with them because he was finally doing something where he was looking strong as a champion. So I don't know why, of all the people, they would just decide now to have him lose randomly to Sammy Guevara, who just two weeks ago came out with uh, with a bunch of signs holding up promoting his Twitch. Like, he wasn't doing anything. And I was, like, literally talking about this on my podcast last week, how he wasn't doing anything. Like, he's one of the people that were supposed to be there from the beginning. Like, uh, Kazarian, who you never see, and then he shows up this one week randomly, and he's coming out, and he's not even talking. Just holding up signs. Go follow my Twitch, blah, blah, blah. And, cameras, and then he's just like, all right, see ya, and he and walks out. And then he randomly shows up and wins a title. It makes no sense. It's been nice hanging out with you. It's 1.05 a.m. for me. I follow you. Have a good night. Thank you for following us, Valkyrie. Have a very great night. Anybody else who who may have left us or is leaving us, you have a great night as well. Everybody that's staying around, thank you for for staying around and, and listening to this old mumble jumble that I got for you. But uh, I don't think Siri, Sammy Guevara should have won at least the TNT title. I think maybe he could have won a match where he got over on him, but it wasn't for the title. But you know they're gonna look at him like one of the the pillars. So I guess. Their homegrown guy versus a uh, former WWE guy. I can't really hate on it, but I just like what they were doing with Miro. And he, and he was a dude. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> look at that record. He was undefeated, dude. 12. You know what I mean? Like, look at him. That looks like a champion, bro. This guy looks like a monster. And that's 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 funny to say because WWE did a really great job of killing his his gimmick and his whole entire character into the ground but the guy hugging uh, the little guy over here is the guy who won which is crazy to me that this guy beat this guy you know what i mean <laughs> like what <laughs> that is crazy to me that is crazy but moving on from that moving on from from Guevara because i don't want to talk about it anymore i'm done with it it shouldn't have happened but it did and there's nothing we could do about it. Hopefully something good comes out of it. Otherwise, it's just like Cody Rhodes when he won the TNT title. Who cares? Uh, one great thing I did like that happened uh, was that 
Art Anderson decided to cut this promo on Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes has been facing off with another former WWE guy. <laughs> surprise, surprise, Malachi Black. Uh, and those two were have been going heavy, hot and heavy and had this feud where basically everybody that's part of this nightmare family, which is Cody Rhodes, his girlfriend, um, some old dude that used to wrestle, that old dude's son, and then like this other guy who's a prospect or whatever. Um, they all got their asses whooped by this one dude, Malachi Black, which... If you if you know him in WWE, he was a lister black, but this dude's been running rampant on these guys, the Nightmare Family. Hmm. Let's see. He got his ass kicked. He got his ass kicked. I don't think the dog got their ass kicked. He definitely got his ass kicked. That's his wife. Uh, he got his ass kicked, and he got his ass kicked. That's uh Brock Anderson, I believe. That's Arn Anderson's son. This is his brother, Dustin, who likes to uh, spit tobacco on the back of plane, plane seats. Looking at you, Dustin Rhodes. And yeah, all these guys got their ass. This is Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn's son. I think they, they turned on Big Show. Actually, these guys turned on Big Show. Um, and then that's it. Uh, that's the Nightmare family. Yeah, they all got their asses kicked by that one guy. By Malachi Black. This dude. Came in there and just destroyed him. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I haven't been showing the Malachi Black thing. It's just been showing Rusev. I've been clicking on this thing, and I didn't realize it's it's not been showing. So I got to do Malachi Black. I'm over here pointing at things. Right, let me make sure it pops up here. Okay, so we're on the right page. Good. This one guy who was A-lister Black in WWE. That's all going to make sense why I said the dog. Whooped all these dudes' asses right here. All these dudes got their ass whooped by that one dude. Not the dog, though. That's his wife. But that's Arn Anderson. This is his son, Brock. This is some new dude. Um, this is Dustin Rhodes, his brother. And they all got their asses whooped by that one dude. Definitely, definitely the way to go. So I don't care about that feud. That was lame. But what I do care about is that Arn Anderson basically said he's he's cutting ties with Cody Rhodes. He got pissed off because uh, – let, let me just show you the clip. I'm, I'm going to show you the clip. We're going to stop sh screen sharing, and I'm going to get the, the clip going. This is one of the funniest things that I've seen. So from Ric Flair's cock to Arn Anderson's Glock, a week later, and the whole conversation has changed. The tide has changed in the wrestling world. We went from Ric Flair's helicopter dick to, to this guy right here, Arn Anderson. And, and cutting the best promo that I've heard in a long, long time. <laughs> Take it away, boys. Big differences between <laughs> you and I, Cody. You pull up to a red oh, wait, line. Do you even hear this? A man Hold on. jerks your door open, says, Ron, can you hear it? Let me know in the comments. I want to make sure you can hear it because I can't hear it. Okay. Oh, that's because my, hold on, that's because my headset. All right, let me try it. The car, I'm taking your car. Yeah, here, we're going to go back. All right, I want to hear it with you guys. There's two big differences between you and I, Cody. You pull up to a red light, a man jerks your door open, says, out of the car, I'm taking your car. You say, okay, take it. Just don't hurt me. 
You know what I do? I pull out the Glock, put it on his forehead, and spill his brains all over the concrete. Check it out. I got my Glock. All right, that's as much as you get before we get before we get copyrighted, but. Dude, it was out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, I left field, did not see this coming, but it is now the meme that everybody is talking about is armed Anderson. And and I'm all I'm all in for it, dude. I'm all in for armed Anderson, dude. Like th- this dude is a G. He tells him straight up that he would just give up his car and say yes, sir, and he's gonna point a Glock in his face. Like, I don't know why that happened. But this dude seemed pretty mad, and he left the ring pretty mad. So, I mean, he just said whatever and got out of there. And, like, I'm just thankful that whatever was going on in Arn's head at that time, he decided to say that to him because that's, like, the greatest promo I've ever heard anybody do. And Cody Rhodes looks like like he's just standing there, just, like, taking it all in. Like, I don't even think he knew what to do. One of my favorite segments, and I think that was probably the, the match of the night for me. It wasn't even a match because – there was one singles match and there's a bunch of tag team matches that happened. It was pretty much like three man tag and then a four man tag and then an eight man tag. And then it was like a woman's triple like tag or whatever. And I was just, dude, there's so many tag team matches last night. I don't know why, but there was a lot of them. And, uh, that leads me to, to, to ask you one thing, I guess to, uh, kind of wrap us all up. I got a couple more things to talk about. Um, and one of those things is, so I've been talking a lot about AEW tonight, not a lot about WWE. We all know why. It's because there's, there's nothing for me to talk about on WWE. You know you know how my opinions are. If you've listened before, um, there's not much going on that I'm into right now on WWE side other than like Edge. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't – like I'm not seeing what's going on and what they're doing. I'm following what's going on in WWE. It's just um, AEW is actually – I will say I was able to watch all three of those shows and be thoroughly en- entertained from – start to finish. Uh, one of the things that are lacking right now is the women's division. So I think even though I don't like Ruby Soho, as my barber said today, um, she's there to basically help a lackluster women's division, get faces and names to be recognized people that, you know, so she came from WWE as well. People that you recognize from before that may have not done so great in that promotion, but might be able to do something better in this one. So, He's got a fair point there. I don't really pay attention to the women's division in AEW. There's no really recognizable people other than Penelope Ford and Ty Conti and um, what's Bunny and Britt Baker. But Britt Baker's like the main one, DMD. And then you got Ruby Soho. So it's like, I guess, I guess to entertain things a little bit more on that. But overall, like before I wasn't really watching anything at all that's WWE and AEW included. Cause it just wasn't interested. I'm interested, man. I'm interested in what's going on. This is like the perfect time to be a wrestling fan. Again. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff to be watching. Uh, you can watch impact wrestling. My boy, Jordy watches impact wrestling from time to time. Sees Rob Van Dam up on that screen. RVD dude with his sunglasses and his two chicks side to side right on each arm. But Now's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, I mean, anytime's a good good time to be a wrestling fan, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening in AEW where it's 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 pretty much fan service, but you know, it's it's the stuff you want to see. I like Adam Cole being there. I like these guys being there. Um, I'm able to watch guys like uh, Orange Cassidy and and see them 
unfold with guys I never thought that they would before, like CM Punk and, and Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. You know, it's an interesting mix of people. It reminds me of the early days of TNA when I was thoroughly invested in something that was other than WWE that was wrestling product, and it was right there available to me. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm trying my best on these solo shows. I love having, like, somebody here, but, you know, when, when it's, good, it's just got to be the captain of the ship, you know, I go down with the ship, baby. I go down with the ship. You got to do what you got to do. I'm going to deliver the wrestling to you whether I have somebody on here or not. Just know I always have something to talk about because I never shut up and I never will. I never will. <laughs> I got a lot to talk about. That's the best part. I try. I try to hold my own. You got to, you know, it's. It's wrestling. That's the best part. It's it's wrestling, dude. <laughs> like if this was like politics or something, you know, everybody's got their strong suits. And mine is like I can focus on these guys wrestling in tights. And I'm entertained at the age of 31 watching these guys go at it. Hot pick 317. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Welcome to the wrestling den. Welcome to the wrestling den is on. I'm your host as always. Macho man, Ricky Savage. Um. I'm personally all in right now. I am enjoying AW. I am enjoying the matches that I've seen on there. I'm not just watching it for one person. Like when I watched WWE, it was either for CM Punk or it was Brian Danielson. Uh, I have to say I am watching mainly for those guys, but I'm watching for more now too. I'm not just skipping over other matches. and be like, ah, I don't care I, because I don't know as much as other people know about AW. I haven't been there. Like I've been there on the outsides watching, but now that I'm on the insides kind of as a fan, for both WWE and AEW, just wrestling in general, giving it a chance, I would say, was one of the best decisions I made as a wrestling fan wanting to get back into the scene. Because this is the thing about my show. We started this off saying, hey, you know, you got to get me to watch wrestling again, you know, and then I'll put up my title on the line. Well, guess what? I, I started watching wrestling again, and the title's still here, baby. Another shirt, the Dunder Mifflin. Thank you. I'm a paper salesman. I'm selling you on wrestling, too. I'm selling you on paper. I love the shirt, too. How about the glasses? Hot pick 317. You like the glasses? I'm a savage. Macho man, Ricky Savage. Yeah, don't make me put the hair down. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm, I'm watching wrestling. I'm watching what AEW's got to offer. WWE right now might be trying to make a sales pitch. They might they might try to be getting out of the business. You know, Vince McMahon and them. They fan serviced us since CM Punk and Brian Danielson. <coughs> I don't think they need to fan service us anymore. Uh, me and Nick have talked about it thoroughly within the last two weeks, the last two episodes, about, you know, the, the future of WWE. People think it's dying, whatever. Um, it's 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 a global company. It's been around for 40 years. It's, it's the same song and dance. Um, they're going to remain around. Uh, they're going to be a sports entertainment like they always wanted to be and what they have been. Uh, whereas your professional wrestling is going to be AEW. They're going to coexist. And this is just what we're looking at. AEW is not going to kill WWE. Um, you know, without without either one, the other one can't thrive. You need competition. So it, there's no point to have a war between fans on, on which one's better or what have you. Like, you should focus more on, you know, if, if that one is bringing content that you enjoy, then you enjoy it for that content. That's all it comes down to. You don't have to sit here and say, AEW is going to slaughter WWE or WWE is going to crush AEW. They've been around for three years and they already look like WCW 2.0. Like who cares? Who cares? Because they're thriving because they're doing fan service for like the last three years. Like WWE has been doing it 
you know, since seven years ago and they're tired of it. They want wrestling used to be a production that they would show you a guy that you would hate. They would show you a guy that you would like, and you would react accordingly to that. This guy, you liked him. This guy, you hated him. You booed him. You cheered him. That's how it was. They presented a story to you. That story was whatever they made it to be. And you either, you would react one way or another to it, whether it was good or bad. If you liked it or didn't like it, the guy that you like gets attacked by the guy from behind. You know, he, he's, he's the rifle, the champion, but the guy who's the champion is a sneaky, slimy snake. And he comes down and he beats him, you know, comes in and he homes in on the honey smacks. All I know is that WWE has always been that way. And the fact that they fan serviced as long as they did with Seth Rollins becoming champion, um, with Becky Lynch becoming the man and becoming champion and people booing both of them. And basically like, oh, these guys title reigns suck. And, and that's the thing. WWE gave us what we wanted, and it still wasn't good enough. Fickle fans, my friends. Fickle fans. It wasn't good enough for us. We've been spoiled for so long. We got the 90s where the best wrestling happened between WCW and, and WWF, you know, and, and we just want more because we're greedy. And wrestling has always been where they tell a story with these guys, and you watch that story, and, and you feel something out of it. It was as simple as that. It's it's a like something that they could do for 100 years, mix up like little elements, like between this guy and this guy, whatever, like they're able to tweak and fine tune those stories and, and tell these stories over and over with different little elements to make them different. You're coming for that belt. Jordy for the basement. You can come for my belt. You can come on my show. You can come for my belt. But tonight I am the reigning defending champion. And I called out all challengers tonight and I got not one single guy to take my challenge. Don't think anybody, anybody should jump on now. Cause this man's been holding his own. I want the last 10 minutes to myself. All I know, all I know is that I'm excited. And that's a good thing because for a wrestling podcast to not be excited about wrestling, it makes no sense to me. It makes no damn sense. Like I want, I want to be able to show and express my enjoyment for the, for the wrestling company and the wrestling business. And to be able to do that with all of you guys and have you watch me live and listen to me talk. That's that's a blessing in disguise. It really is. It's a, it's really a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? And yo, Kenny, Kenny, you're allowed to come back for the shot, dude. Just so you know, if you ever want this title, Kenny, you know where to find me. Live every Thursday at seven p.m. You know where to find me. We're wrestling, then, baby. We're fans. It's good to be a fan. It's good to it's good to be involved in the wrestling world now. Because things are happening. Like, the tide is changing and it's moving. Finally, we're getting somewhere. Before, there was like a dead lull. But now, between both companies, there's excitement. People are excited to watch watch wrestling again. And it's, it's, it's really cool. I, don't get me wrong. 90s are always going to be like the best time of wrestling for, for a lot of us. And that's because we grew up in that time period. That's when, to us, it was almost like... It suspended disbelief, and it was almost real for a minute, you know, where you were able to just, to just raise that glass ceiling up and not think it's just fake. Like, you were thoroughly entertained. You thought somebody seriously got injured. Like, AW more so for me, I, I get that feeling like I'm a kid again once in a while, and that's the feeling that I like is that I can just not think. They can present to me, and I'm enjoying what they have to give out and the storylines that they're telling. WWE, with some of the storylines that they've told, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed them. The The Bobby Lashley would be one of the big ones for me, and that was surprising for me because I'm not a fan of Bobby Lashley, but I am a fan of great storytelling. So 
as much as I like to cut down people on my show, I also will raise them up as well. And that's one of the things I give Bobby Lashley credit. That man was a dominant looking champion. And I think that he did a, a really great job showing that he has the potential in the world to be WWE champion again, and that he should be uh, because that to me was the first time that I have actually given Bobby Lashley credit, which is, is, is a surprise and a shocker for sure. But that man did a great job as WWE champion. I hope Biggie does just as great of a job as WWE champion. Do I think a black man should take another black man's reign when I feel like it should have been Roman Reigns? No, but WWE is going to not let me get Roman Reigns versus uh, Big E or Bobby Lashley. So uh, we will get Big E versus Roman Reigns in the family. Uh, we already did, I guess. But, I mean, there there's no way that if, if it came down to title versus title, I don't think Roman Reigns would lose. I don't. I think Big E would lose to Roman Reigns. And that's just how WWE pushes Roman Reigns so much, is that instead of letting two black men thrive on top, they have to face each other, and one of them becomes WWE champion while Roman Reigns stays champion. You can disagree with me on that all you want. That's a fine thing because I don't get too invested in WWE anyways. Um, Roman Reigns, I think that he's got the best position right now being a heel. Um, I don't like when people get shoved down my throat. That's why I didn't like John Cena. That's why I didn't like Randy Orton. That's why I don't like Roman Reigns. But uh, everybody likes Roman Reigns now. I still don't like him, but that's just because I'm cool and I'm not going to just change up now just because everybody else likes him. I'm still going to dislike him. I won't discredit him. I like Roman Reigns as a character. I think that he's doing better on his on his vocal skills on the microphone. I think he's doing better showing that he can be the champion. Um, I just don't care for him. I was napping. I was napping too before I came on here. I almost missed my 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 buzzer, my alarm clock, but I woke up in time. I was like, oh, thank God, because I thought I, I had a dream that I, I woke up late, which it doesn't matter because we were like 7, 10, 7, 10 by the time we started broadcasting. That's just what we do, baby. That's what we do. We broadcast late. So with the last two minutes, let me wrap this up. Let's let's get us all home, okay? We're going to wrap this bad boy up. I want to say I appreciate you all coming out tonight, listening to me, talking and ranting about wrestling and how much I enjoy it. And I didn't really want to cover too much of AEW because I watched all, a lot, all of it. But it's just there's a lot to take in. And I talked about mainly the stuff that I really enjoyed watching. So I think I got that covered. Um, I feel like if I was ever to try to break down the actual, like, Oh, this is how this happened. We would never get done. It would be like three episodes long. So, the last thing I want to mention, and I wanted to, uh, and I want to mention this to all of you that that watch AEW specifically. Um, maybe we'll talk more WWE next week. Uh, I'm hoping to watch more Dark Side of the Ring so I can talk about that actually, and pause on talking about what's going on currently because I'm really enjoying Dark Side of the Ring, and I want to kind of get involved in that kind of conversation. So I will bring that to the table. The dark side of of podcasts. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Out of out of AEW's guys, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Um, Chris, did I say Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho. Who do you think has the best fan reaction? Who do you think has the best fan reaction? Mine would personally be CM Punk. Um, but everybody like Everybody that sings, I guess Ruby Soho too because of her theme song, but um, Chris Jericho's theme song, Everybody Sings, I feel like that is a great reaction. Um, even if they don't know the words, they try to sing along, and, they, and if not, they look it up on their phone. I think that's a great thing is that when when you have a, a an enjoyable theme like that, uh, Cult of Personality is another one that people sing. People get really loud for CM Punk. But Adam Cole, the whole crowd roars and shakes when it comes to Adam Cole, baby. And boom, like 
That's a, that's another big one right there. It is hard for me too because Brian Danielson with the yes chance. But I feel like CM Punk overall, because even when he was gone, people were chanting his name. And whether it was to annoy other wrestlers or what have you, CM Punk's name has been chanted for the last seven years, even when he wasn't in wrestling. So to me, I feel like he's got the biggest reaction when it comes to the crowd. But he's got a lot of contenders that are also pretty close where you could say, I don't know, dude. Every time Chris Jericho comes out, the fact that he came out and his theme song didn't play against MJF in the in the fifth labor of Jericho, and the crowd sang it, was one of the coolest moments that I've seen. Dude, I'd love to bring Kenny back. He's always welcome to come on as a guest if he wants and talk. I know he's I know he's been itching. I know you've been itching to get it off your chest, Kenny. I know you want to know what's going on. You want to tell us what's going on with wrestling. I see it every time I'm watching uh, Sports Unfolded. I can just see you're itching to say something, you know. But these guys have to talk about sports, but they won't talk to wrestling. That's why I'm here. I'm here to talk the talk and walk the walk. I've received 100 messages today, and I got none of them. If you wanna, if you wanna send me postcards and mail, you can. I have a PO box. I'm not gonna tell you it, but if you wanna, you if you wanna hear more of my opinions, if you wanna watch more of this, make sure you tune in next week at 7 p.m. Eastern, live on Sports Unfolded and Rhode Island Broadcasting. I'm your host as always, Macho Man Ricky Savage. Oh yeah, and you can go follow my Twitter. At Wrestling Den TM. You can follow me on Facebook. I have a group page at the Wrestling Den. I have a page. I have a group. Come be part of the group. We'll talk. We'll hang out. We'll do this again next week, regardless. If you can, please go follow my hosts at Sports Unfolded. Go follow them tomorrow. Go, go see them live at 6 p.m. They're live every Friday at 6 p.m. They do their face offs as well. Uh, I'm going to face off with them one day. Uh, we're going to bring, we still have three questions to ask each other. Uh, easy, medium, and hard for me and Nick to ask them easy, medium, hard wrestling questions and for them to ask us easy, medium, hard sports questions. That face-off will happen eventually. And when it does, I'm going to whoop all your candy asses. Until then, everybody have a great night and great fight. I'll talk.